Welcome back to What Would It Cost? Today we're talking all things real estate with three absolute powerhouses in the real estate industry. Cam Wolfrey, Matt Campoli, and Ron Sally. These gentlemen are absolute powerhouses. They're top performers and they have lots and lots of strategy and amazing information that they're going to share with us today. And uh, we're lucky enough to have had them all three on the same day. So yeah. take it away, boys. Tell yeah, us a little bit show. more about yourselves. <laughs> Um, I'll start. My name is Ron Sally. I'm a broker of record. I've been licensed for about 10 years. I own a real estate brokerage, um, started in sales, and then we scaled it to you know 270 agents. As of now, I think I hold the title for the youngest Remax broker owner in the world. Uh, that could change at any point in time uh, to the young hustlers out there. Our nice. brokerage is focused on providing value, and uh, we're, we're tech first. Matthew Campoli. I'm with Royal Page. Been in the business about six years. I run a podcast called Price to Sell Podcast. You might have seen it, you might have not. If you haven't, you should check it out. And uh, that's pretty much it about me, yeah. I like to do things online a lot. Yeah. Post videos. <laughs> Just have a good time. Real estate is fun. Love it, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my name's Cam Wolfrey. I've been in organized real estate for about uh, 10 years now. Six of those in residential, four of them in commercial. Uh, before that, I had a degree in real estate and economics. So all things real estate, I think in the last 10 years, I've done just about everything you can do uh, in terms of residential. So I work with the story team downtown. There's uh, seven agents uh, and we're focused exclusively downtown. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. And, uh, you know, given the current market of where everything is going, not to be too specific, but let me give uh, give us your your ideas of where the market's trending, or what your thoughts are at least for you know first time home buyers or just you know investors. Well, it's we're at an interesting spot. I know real estate's such a hot button issue right now, and you see a lot of doom and gloom just from the headlines specifically. But on the flip side, we've also had you know the supply issue that's driven the the GTA or even the Ontario or the Canadian real estate market get way worse over this. So it's going to be a balance going forward, I think, uh, as to how high rates are going to go. Uh, versus the supply issues that are created for for long-term benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a it's a lot of psychology too. It's uh, I agree with the whole balance thing. Things are still moving. If properties are priced right, if they're presented right, they will sell. Um, the inventory thing is, is still an issue. It's just the buyers are on the sidelines right now because of the the, the headlines and, and the news and the media. A lot of people are scared. So for now, it's just kind of steady paced. But hopefully, you know, as things in the future, if they do get positive, as, if the news does get positive, I feel like there's gonna be that rush of buyers back in the market. Yeah. If supply remains low, it's gonna you know cause some real estate. Trends. Real estate. Yeah. Real estate was out of control for the last two years, yeah. and uh, uh, in a way, this is a kind of a good thing that that is shaped up to be the way it is. I think there are opportunities in the marketplace, but it's not for everyone. And sometimes what we have to do is, if we can't jump in, we got to buckle down, we got to save, and we got to plan for it. Uh, I think it's still going to continue the way it's going right now. Towards the later half of 2023, we'll start to see things sort of take shape for the better. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. It just seems to touch on what Matt was saying too. Is like that's why I feel it's a lot of fear mongering right yeah, now. Oh yeah. Like rates go headlines. Up, rates going up. Mm. Yeah. People people headlines. read a headline and they forward it to a friend exactly. or you know I get clients all the time just send me an article. Yeah. And I ask. I said, Why are you sending this? So like, did you see like prices are down twenty percent? I said, mm -hmm. Did you read it? Mm -hmm. Like number of sales are down twenty percent. Exactly. You know, year over year. Yeah. It's a difference. You know, it's not right. So a lot of people are just. It's just that quick like hit. It's like they read, they read the you know read that title and then and then they automatically think like there's that doom and gloom. Yeah. But uh, really read through what you're reading, because you know the media they do a great job at what they do and 
it's working so yeah absolutely yeah because everyone's coming in from that angle and then it takes the professionals like yourself to really break it down for them so there's a there's that supply and demand issue builders aren't having their lives made easier by the cities with all these bylaws that they got and all these hurdles that they got to jump over on an ongoing basis so what's interesting tripled exactly Mm -hmm. so what's interesting about the point you just made uh, nick is that even the builders and i sit and i work with a lot of developers and when we sit down for them in intimate lunches and dinners to say well housing there's a housing shortage but at the same time what is the city doing to help they're imposing the charges they're putting more costs on they're making it much more difficult for us to develop they should be making it much easier for us to put housing in place if housing is such an issue right so why have so much transfer tax why add all of those mm-hmm. things make it easier for us to build yeah absolutely totally totally it doesn't help with all the costs across the board right and materials being you know expensive too it's just all around now now when we when when we have these conversations yes things are expensive but there's a reason why the cost of goods have all come up so that doesn't mean that housing prices are going to completely fall apart yes Mm -hmm. there's been an adjustment and rightfully so having said that anything new that's going to come out the cost is definitely going to be there. The builders have no options but to price it the way it is. So the GTA will continue, in my opinion, to be, you can say, relatively expensive or the prices will continue to go up. Maybe on a resale standpoint, you can pick up a few deals here and there, depending on the seller's uh, uh, state of their condition. And, and, and that's what it is. But any new builds that you buy, especially condos in the downtown core, you will be paying a much higher price. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. why they always say if you can buy, now is the time to buy before it relatively starts to get more and more expensive. And we're seeing that now with downtown condo projects at $2,000 per square foot. Mm-hmm. Right. And since Cam, you and the team focus in the downtown area, even some of the homes. Absolutely. And and largely, if you look at it, there hasn't been that much of an adjustment in downtown homes. It's really the 905 area, the, the, the Peel region, the York region that has taken such a large correction for the price point of each property. Absol- mm-hmm. Well, I think it's worth noting as well that those are the areas, the ones that are correcting the most now are the ones that had the biggest run up over the mm-hmm. last two years. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. all kind of comes out in the wash a little bit there. And I think the, the thing to take away from all of this is that the supply issues, to, to touch on that again, for the long-term investor, that's ultimately a positive thing, as illogical as it is when you look at developers and how frustrating that must be to try and solve the problem. Because everybody always complains about how expensive things things are. But ultimately, if you're in the market or if you're getting in the market and your goal is long-term, as it usually should be in real estate, the prospects still look very, very positive. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm worried about? I'll tell you what I'm worried about. I'm worried about all the pre-construction projects that developers launched, whether it be homes or whether it be condos, whether they're going to be able to finish it or not. And especially the ones that are a bit more cash rich, they'll be okay. They got a reputation to uphold. Mm -hmm. But the other ones that aren't as relatively known, and what did we do in 2021 and 2020? We bought on every opportunity, just buy a house. And the hard part was get, get into the market as soon as you can, because any allocation for new projects or new homes were very difficult to obtain. So what ends up happening now is what I'm noticing is even some of the projects, they haven't started construction. Now that's alarming for the buyers that have jumped in. And we're seeing a lot of deals fall apart from the developers. Now we have an in-house um, uh, mortgage brokerage that uh, uh, generally gives us advice and you know we follow through with some of those things. And we've been seeing deals fall apart and Spark Financial has been seeing deals fall apart. And the, the challenge is what happens to the buyer? Now there was a recent case scenario that I was dealing with by Buyer bought a house from a developer for $1.9 million. They gave about $250,000 deposit. Now guess what's happening? They're not able to close. They're willing to let it go at 
They're willing to let it go at one point. They said, we'll take a little bit of loss. Give us 50% of our deposit back. That's what some of the scenarios are. But then again, these are one-off stories that you tend to see. But it gives you a reality check that this real estate isn't a get-rich-quick scheme that a lot of people thought it was in 2020 or 2021. Right. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point and great advice because that's what it was. You see a lot of these developments going up and a lot of people wanting to jump in on the projects. And I think even, too, to your point about the price per square foot going up is that we were talking about it uh, with other guests before, like, Toronto's still very undervalued where everybody's like, it's so expensive, so expensive. But you look at outside markets like your New York, mm-hmm. where, yeah, there's still that growth where, like you said, get in now because there's still going to be multiples of increases coming for sure. Yeah. Look at look at the density, right, in regards to the population. And mm-hmm. then you look at the land mass and it's just like, we're we're like just we're just getting started yeah oh yeah absolutely so, yeah. and yeah. that's what doug ford has introduced right yeah. so they're they're going to make it a little bit easier for that but at the, at the at the end of the day what you also have to realize is that can the city actually service these homes if you look at some of the cities in the pockets they don't have enough infrastructure from a staffing standpoint collingwood is a great example there's a lot of issues that are going on and where developers and that's why there's a certain thing called parcel of tied land so that's where the developers having to come in and charge back the buyers uh, for those monthly fees for maintaining the roads for the uh, uh, the garbage services the snow removal so on and so forth hmm. so you're going to start to see that a little bit outside the GTA. That's why the parcel of Thailand is becoming so much more and more common because the city does not have the infrastructure to uphold that. So even if they do increase the housing or the density, what's important to understand is that they do it strategically. And that's why certain cities, when developers put in applications, they actually hold on to the application and they let it ride because they don't have the manpower to service that many homes in that area. Right, right. right. Question for you guys. I think, <clears throat> I think this is something that really, really helps you guys help you guys get to the top stay there maintain it and and it's so cool to see but you guys got a hybrid of both the in-person kind of face-to-face strengths and the digital footprints to back right all three of you are, are big on the media big on your socials big on staying relevant on your digital footprints but then in person too you guys are, are rock stars and are shaking hands and know how to client face and and it's not too often that you see both of those blend together and it and you know it make for such a nice outcome with with young entrepreneurs like yourselves being able to perform at that level so talk a little bit about what you guys do you know in in both areas and what you believe in to be you know more so the old school you know tradition and 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 keep that in practice and tight and then the new school as well with being relevant on the social platforms and the media outlets right yeah i I think media in general just video specifically is the most efficient way to deliver information that would be general to people like we do a lot of general posts that have to do with you know market stats and things like that but i don't know if this is advice to new agents but you can't ever give up the face-to-face interactions i find that you know you can have the appropriate marketing strategies you can know everything about stats but if you don't understand a person or a client at their core level you can't really advise them so to understand somebody at their core is to be able to advise them appropriately right right yeah i I agree it's it's a balance right you shouldn't you shouldn't go too hard in one uh, like mm-hmm. a, a prime example my instagram got deleted for a day <laughs> and it was just like wow you know like there is nothing no more matt online right i'm a big big in-person per, uh guy as well um i come from a barber background so i like to call myself a chameleon with everyone there's different personality types yeah. different way people receive information and and you just got to be good at kind of you know knowing who you're in front of and how to go about 
you know, talking to that person or delivering information to them. I think it's very important that it is, it is a people person business. Um, but yeah, having a balance of the two, because you don't like, you can, you know, be extremely well, you know, you look great online, but then you actually get in front of that person and right. you're a mute or you can't, you can barely hold a conversation yeah. down. It's not, you know, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's definitely some, some great advice for the social media, the aspect of bringing both that in person and the social media. So they see you on both platforms and stay well-rounded. So, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about the technologies uh, that you could use in the real estate market. Let's face it, we all live a fast-paced lifestyle. To keep up, we need a mortgage agent that isn't stuck in the past. Between work, kids, hobbies, and anything else life might throw at you, it's tough to stay on top of your finances. And we also understand how hard it can be to make the time to sit down with a mortgage agent. That's why at Spark Financial Group, we've created a simple and interactive online application that allows you access to it 24-7, 365 days a year. Spark Financial Group, where finance creates freedom. Welcome back to What Would It Cost? Today we're sitting here with Cam, Matt, and Ron, and we're talking all things real estate. So Ron, to get back into it, we're talking about social media, how people use that as a huge tool on real estate. I know you're huge on the tech side, so give us a little bit of input on uh, you know what you've developed for your team and yeah, how these tools have made everything useful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, marketing are, there's so many channels to marketing and uh, you have to use a combination of all the channels. So what we've developed for our brokerage, specifically in-house, is a back-end all-in-one resource platform. Usually information in life is all scattered all over the place. It's in your comp- it's in your email, it's in your notebook, it's in, a, you know, it's, in a, it's in your car somewhere. What if there was one centralized place where anything and everything you need is all there? So from a real estate standpoint, we've equipped our agents at Remax Millennium with marketing resources, pre-construction resources, legal resources, training materials, videos. They can see their own production on the back and any clause access that they need, any document that they would possibly need. So they're able to to work that much faster from a marketing standpoint and at the same time be able to service their client a lot more effectively because that's what it really boils down to how fast and effective can you service anyone and make them feel important during the real estate process right that's mm-hmm. awesome and uh yeah i, w- I want to touch even you know just to, to shift mm-hmm. more on the investment side because i know you're huge with airbnb and i just love to get your all three of you like your standpoints on that given the market we're going again we're going to more of that investment market where you hold a long-term Rent yields are, are pretty high up there. Do you find that there's still that, that drive for Airbnb versus going the traditional way, finding your one solo tenant and sticking to that tenant? If I, if I, if I can jump in, um, what I've noticed about Airbnb specifically in general is that you got to know what type of customer or clientele are you trying to attract to that Airbnb, right? There's a unique stays, then there's a regular stays, and there's a little bit of a long-term stay. So first off, finding that right property to figure out which is the angle that I want to go forward with. Mm-hmm. The the waterfront properties, which are the you know the, the cottage stays on, on those ones, they specifically adhere to that. You know people are either going to rent that out for a week, sometimes even two weeks, and then there's the longer stays where you're closer to the airport and somebody needs a place where they're coming for work or they're hanging out and they need that place for a month. Right. So uh, what I've noticed is 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 slightly a little bit of a drop. Each property is unique depending on the area and you know the location is, is huge. You got to treat Airbnb like a hospitality business, right? So like I have a unit in downtown Toronto. This year was actually better, um, but again it's prime downtown Toronto. We also had we've seen the city open back up too, mm. right? So you have the Carabanas back, you have the Rolling Louds now, you have all these these festivals, these these uh, engagements, TIFF, right? That attracts a lot of tourists, again, just like hospitality. Mm. And uh, our numbers were through the roof this year, but 
but yeah, you know, you might have some other uh, uh, exterior markets where we're now we're entering the winter, right? We're in a location like Canada. We have extremely harsh winters. If you're in an area where maybe there's some snow sports, great. If it's just a cottage on the lake that's freezing cold and you know can't really do much that you would be able to do in the summer, yeah, you're going to see a drop. But another thing too, I really love about Airbnb in this market. I'll, I'll send it off soon, but just cash flow. Yeah, mm-hmm. As you know, if if you're holding a property right now and and you know we're just waiting for this, we're weathering the storm. If you're able to cash flow in a market like like this and you have income coming in, you're covering your costs, maybe making some making money on top, like. Can't go wrong, mm-hmm. right? The the one year uh, rental market has arguably never been stronger. Who's to say if it's going to stay that way over the next six months, year as as employment uh, changes? But ultimately, I don't think it's a, a bad call either way. It just depends on who you are as an investor and how hands on you want to be with that investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been talking about it more and more often, where it's like you have the the home prices dropping, you have rents going up because the whole supply and demand issue, right? And that that you know you will usually lead to cap rates raising, right? Yeah. So it's an investor market and the investors are coming in very well aware that there needed to be that cool down period and that they were going to come in and be able to buy for something much more reasonable than than what we've seen at the peak right yeah. so that's the rule of thumb right buy low sell high kind yeah. of thing or hold it yeah. simple and, it's easy right and rate exactly. and some nightly rates are even you know a little more expensive with inflation and all that too so if you're able to enter into a product that's cheaper purchase price but your you know monthly earnings are higher Mm-hmm. That's a, yeah. it's a better cap. I think that helps yeah. too for yeah. cash, like you're saying, because a lot of people right now where they're feeling a little stuck is they're in that variable rate. Yes. So that's where even myself, I was looking at you know rental properties. If I go with this fixed, you know, fixed rate or a variable, but you have that fixed rental income after, it's going to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's what like 1.9 percent you can increase next year. Yeah. Whereas at least with the Airbnb, you know, you could say okay, maybe it's a higher season. <laughs> Let me get some more cash flow. Yeah. Okay, it's a lower season, but at least it offsets with what those mortgage payments are going to be, and you can sort of battle that variable rate right now with the increases going on as yeah. well. Yeah. And I, I speak to downtown Toronto. Like the numbers are absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. But there are regulations and, and things to you know maneuver through and and uh, be aware of. So to talk to someone that knows the market and yeah. how the rules and regulations work. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Talk to us a little bit about price to sell and what you're doing with that. We find it very Just interesting. Pricing things to sell. Inspiration for us, right? <laughs> it's um, you know what? It was yeah. just a, a thing that just kind of happened, and you know, yeah. I had amazing guests like like Ron here. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get you on. I've had Tom on, yeah. and it's it's been a great networking tool for me. Uh, but more so just bringing value to other agents. It's very niche down in real estate. Yeah. Uh, we bring just, it's been specifically realtors. I ha- I am turning it into, uh, bringing on a lot more investors now. Nice. Cause I do want to target the consumer, especially in these types, in these times, yeah. so many different ways you can invest, whether it's, you know, hotels, uh, developments, JVing with people, you know, multifamily, like there's, you know, uh, apartments, there's just so many ways to go about it. So that's my new venture into it. But, uh, mainly it's just been giving amazing value to realtors, especially, the realtors who are struggling in times like these, yeah, uh, it helps give some motivation, some inspiration, mm-hmm. and well, like you guys said, with the, you see the Instagram, it's a highlight reel. You know, you see uh, Ron on these sponsored ads, which I love, by the way, yeah, and he's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, crushing yeah. it. You know, but yeah. we've had our tough times too, yeah. right? And having uh, being able to show, tell those stories through the podcast yeah. might inspire a realtor out there not to quit. Yeah, right. so that's yeah. just been my mission with it to help as many agents out there just you know if, if you hold on if you're you're struggling and 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, love, it's possible. Love that. And to go off of that point, the adding value piece. Mm-hmm. Ron Sally's an absolute beauty with that and all these ads that we see going out right now. And, and <laughs> they're awesome. Training, they're awesome. And then you boys and, and rocking yeah. it on, on CP24, right? Like yeah. Adding value through knowledge, information, and, and really, you know, you guys giving back that way. What's What does that look like? What What's the driving force there? What is What has it done for your business? For me, for me, it's uh, it's 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 done wonders, and especially while you own a brokerage, my target market is specifically agents, and it's to have the right breed of agents. And the biggest complaint I hear from a consumer always is, "Oh, my agent never does anything for me, or they don't know anything, or so on and so forth." It's about not settling for being average. And what we want to do at our office is equip everybody so they have a competitive edge over anybody else equip them with anything what it took what it takes five years to learn you're learning in less than five months at our office so that's sort of our aim be uh, innovative and keep up to date with everything that's going on Mm. and you stay involved with the industry so a value-added piece is you lead (coughs) by example and you know when you see the videos or you see the ads or anything of that sort I'm leading the forefront saying look look I'm I'm there with you I'm in the battle with you I'm not you know just sitting in my my office and leave out at five o'clock or four o'clock no i'm there till 10 30 i'm there till 11 i'm i'm waking up at five i'm waking up at four o'clock mm. i am in this hustle with you yeah. and let's do it together because this is the way i see real estate being done is customer first consumer first and that starts with equipping the realtor with the right tools and technology All right Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then have you found any success with the CP24? Because I love it because it's giving knowledge to oh, consumers. Yeah. But it's It's been big, especially for meeting new clients for yeah. the first time. Yeah. The, the amount of trust that yeah. you get, and it, oh, it yeah. just makes us much more efficient in being able to do our jobs. You don't have to break down those barriers anymore because yeah. you've already delivered that information. They already kind of feel that they know you a little bit yeah. and therefore trust you. So it definitely makes it a lot easier. It, it makes us uh, more approachable, I find, as well. Yeah. But ultimately, it's been nothing but positive. Yeah. Well, you couldn't be chams on CP24. No, right? <laughs> At least you I would hope You guys kind of know right? what they're yeah. talking about. We're, we're yeah. letting our whole city know what's going yeah, on. Exactly. Right? So. For the viewers watching out there that are, that are looking, they have they saved up or they're looking to purchase something. What's what do you guys recommend? What's what's your go to? It's like yeah, I think this is your best bank for your buck, your best investment as of right now. You can get creative with it. I just had a client pick up a little small. 600 square foot cabin in Muskoka on a half acre lot, $150,000. And you know, the, the, the thing like that, once you know, you, you make, you tweak it and you make it cute, uh, can pull in $9,000 a month. So you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's, it's powerful because wow. yeah, like it, wow. it's powerful because you're not limiting to one person. It's not that it's not one person paying 9,000 for the month. Yeah. It's a, an accumulative of, of people paying, you know, 300 a night. Right, whether staying there cooking for them and, and cleaning. Out them. I mean, if uh, <laughs> full, full breakfast, yeah, yeah. I'm, bed and breakfast, <laughs> for the extra mile, yeah. Yeah. Can't pull you got, you got, you got, you know, it's it's <laughs> hospitality, right? You know, hospitality, hospitality. that's what it is. Uh, the first one I'd uh, I'd say is uh, pre construction, and the reason why I say pre construction is there's a lot of deals on the market right now from a developer standpoint where things you wouldn't have been able to pick up at that point in time you can pick up, and the other big thing is flexible deposit 
deposit structure. So literally, if you were paying 15% in, let's say, one and a half or two years, now you can even get 5% per year mm -hmm. where it makes it that much easier for you. And there's zero development charges and fees and all those additional closing costs that you would have had. It's freaking unheard of. Yeah. Wow. You mm -hmm. wouldn't have had this before. The other avenue that I recommend are unique stays. And the reason why I say unique stays is because they're unique, like waterfront specific properties, things that people would be a little bit hesitant to buy because guess what? Yeah, land is scarce, but water frontage is even more scarce and they're not making any more water land they can open up as they go along but water is where water is mm -hmm. so that would be the other avenue and the third avenue i'd probably recommend to any consumer is try to buy things that you couldn't three years ago or two years ago so that means that if you were looking to upgrade and it would have been two years ago it would have been that much more expensive four hundred five hundred thousand dollars more and you can pick it up today for a lot less jump on the opportunity because there's a window that's open yes you will be paying a little bit on a monthly uh, a little bit more from your mortgage perspective or interest and obviously you know uh, speak to spark and, and get qualified but more than anything that opportunity because the market's not going to stay like this forever and we all know this we know that this is just a time period where we have to pass by and we have to hold this on so anything you can pick up that you couldn't generally two years ago now is your golden chance right, so i got one final question anywhere foreign market where would you invest right now i'll start i'll start with i'm a homebody so i'm going to start <laughs> domestic here and i'm going to say i'm going to say somewhere calgary i think calgary uh, we're seeing a big shift in terms of especially with young people there's a it used to be just an oil market and now there's a bunch of tech jobs coming there and the price to live there versus anywhere else in canada is is virtually nothing now the rents are still high so we talk about cap rates and those types of things i think that will correct itself over time but if i'm going to answer that question that you actually asked i would say <laughs> budapest mainly because i love it not because i uh, know anything about market fundamentals over there yeah i mean um i would say a lot of opportunity in the states i just recently invested in florida Again, Airbnb approach, yeah. uh, numbers make ridiculous sense. Uh, the demand in Florida specifically has really, you know, come through since mm -hmm. the pandemic. A lot, of, a lot of people are making the move down there. Um, it's just a lot of lifestyle changes, right? And that's one of the spots where people realize, okay, I can work remote or I don't want to deal with snow anymore. Let me just switch my life up. So that's, that's been solid. And, uh, but just in terms of, of value, you know, for what you'd buy, you pay for a condo here, you can pick up a house down there, you know? Beautiful. Love it. Leading back to what Cam said, even domestic, if I was to pick, I still think that Ontario has a lot of opportunities, even from Montreal standpoint. And, you know, I'm, uh, I am I still strongly believe in our province. He's staying here. Okay. <laughs> That's the right answer. Right? This is, this, 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 you know, there's still a lot of opportunities that have yet to be you know, explored. So so I, I'm, I'm sure it'll get there. But as of now, there's still a lot of opportunities to, to do that. Because even for the Calgary to catch up on a lot of things, uh, they're, they're 20, 30 years behind, in my opinion. So by the time you know let's say flash forward 20 years would you buy ontario uh, and flash forward 20 years what do you think is going to happen calgary has to catch up to ontario but ontario 20 years will be a lot more that's the perspective but anyways coming back to uh the the conversation i'd probably say costa rica oh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. costa rica right yeah. now yeah. has a lot of development from a uh, from a vacation home standpoint yeah. mm -hmm. and uh, i know i know many many people that have um homes over there uh, f uh their airbnb on their spare yeah. time even in the city and I've, I've personally been to that country a few times now and uh, and I've, I've stayed in Airbnb mostly so I, I, yeah. I definitely recommend Costa Rica yeah. nice Maddie yeah. was winking at me because we're going there yeah we are January for the uh, 
uh, a live experience. Yeah. Shout out, Coach. We're going to Thanks, we're thanks, for, the in, thanks yeah. for the nice invite, guys. Come, Open come, invite. Come. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, yeah, thank you guys so much for your insights today. Really appreciate it. We know you guys are all extremely busy, so it's awesome to have you all sit down. And uh, thanks again for tuning into this week's episode. We'll see you next week. Coming up on What Would It Cost? You look here, we truly, there's a city and a city there. I feel like, you know, from a Miami to Fort Lauderdale, it's almost like a province to a province. Yep. Here, we're nearing 38 million for the population of all of Canada. There, they're nearing 23 million for the population for the state. Yep. So and it, to go to the next point about yeah. the cap rates, it's like here, it's like, is it is it worth it buying that investment property to really try and stretch out how much you could make versus down there where we're seeing higher cap rates and vacation homes as well, yep. Airbnb. Yeah. yeah, big Plus time. Se- seasonal depression is a real too. thing, boys. Yeah, look, look yeah. at the weather right now. I'd love to be down there with Neils. <laughs> Vitamin D. Everyone feels so bad he's moving away. It's yeah. like, hey, bro. But on that point, I think, too, I think some of the stats, it's like uh, the home prices, and we were going to get into this, but it's around 40% higher as you look at Canada as a whole versus yeah. the States. And uh, I think one of the biggest things that we forget is that the majority of Canadians live along that border of the Canadian to the U.S. border. Yeah. So essentially, you got one of the biggest countries in the world, but all of its population is kind of going only towards one area of the country yeah. and driving the prices up. Yeah.